This is Deanna Gosha with episode four of the Sojourn podcast. We can feel alone and dis- disconnected due to the busyness of our lives. As Sojourn, we believe women should not travel alone. We connect with each other through our stories, letting us know we are not alone in our feelings or our circumstances. Join me each week as I teach, tell stories, or interview other women to help us connect with one another and see God's presence in our midst. If you've ever felt alone or disconnected, this podcast is just for you. Today, we're going to be talking about how secrecy and shame can make us believe lies about ourselves. When I was in the sixth grade, the teacher made an announcement that there had been a lot of things going on by many of the sixth grade girls that were not appropriate. Passing notes and meeting up in the bathrooms. But most notably, the girls were spending way too much time talking about boys and not enough time actually learning. It was getting out of hand. Therefore, at recess, all the girls involved in this kind of behavior were told to go to the principal's office to meet with her. I was terrified. I had worked really hard not to ever get in trouble. I honestly didn't know too much about what she was talking about. But I did know this. The popular girls came to me when they needed a love note written. Apparently, I had quite the talent for writing amorous notes that sixth grade boys liked. Was I included in the summons? I didn't know. I was in a panic. One of the girls looked at me and said, don't worry, they aren't talking about you. We won't rat you out. They ratted me out. The class went to recess or to the meeting with the principal while I stayed behind in the classroom due to a cold or some such thing that I'd brought a note from home. I'd been helping the teacher when suddenly the very same girl who said, we won't rat you out, appeared. Deanna, the principal wants you down with the rest of us. I quickly jumped out of my chair and didn't even look at Mrs. Jensen. I hurried down the hall with this, quote, friend, all the time asking, why, why? The girl just said, well, you wrote notes, so you are involved. So much for protecting me. I arrived to find a semicircle formed on the floor around the principal sitting in a chair. The afternoon sun streamed through the floor to ceilings windows. The tiled floor felt cold as I plopped myself down at the back of the circle. No one acknowledged my arrival. One by one, the girls were confessing their misdeeds. I sat terrified. I had no idea what they were talking about. The principal finally said, Thank you for recognizing what you've done. Now, you will need to stop doing this. If not, there will be consequences. I about died. I couldn't think of anything worse. What were these consequences and how could I avoid them? At least one thing I knew, the love note writing business had just hung out the closed for business sign. They could write their own love letters. We made our way back to the classroom and some of the girls huddled around me. Oh, poor Deanna, you had no idea what that was about. That was so unfair, you had to come down. 
I noticed a few had zero compassion for my unfortunate inclusion in this group. They seemed almost happy that I was in trouble. I snuck back to my desk, careful not to make eye contact with Mrs. Jensen, and tried to act like nothing happened. I was miserable. I never told a soul for decades. Decades of silence. The shame had set in. I couldn't bear anyone, not anyone, thinking I was that person who got sent to the principal's office. It was horrifying. Every time I thought about it, I'd cringe and a wave of dread and shame would flow over me. Was I really this bad person? I just wanted to help out the girls. The attention had been so nice and I was pretty good at what I did judging from the results. I mean, there were a lot of boyfriend-girlfriend pairs due to my words of endearment. Shame has a way of creating secrecy. We live in that secrecy where lies about ourselves can bloom and ultimately we start believing them. Secrecy is different than privacy. There are things we do need to keep private. When we keep things private because it's the healthy thing to do and we make that decision using wisdom and discretion, that's okay. But when we keep things secret because we're embarrassed and worried what people will think, that starts to feel more like shame. Not long ago, I was reading the book Glorious Weakness by Aliyah Joy. She talks about her father's mother. His mama carried shame-filled words inside her, scrambled up letters, blurring the hard edges of her life. Those words claimed her and named her and kept her hopeless. She had no tools to rewrite what she'd been taught. Those shame-filled words inside her that claimed her, named her, kept her hopeless. What have you been named? What shame-filled names have you believed? What has kept you hopeless? Jesus is not a stranger to shame. He's not a stranger to being named something he wasn't. His names were Messiah, Savior, and Christ, but it was the other names that sent him to the cross. There's a moment in the story of the crucifixion that captures me. It's found in John 19, 23 through 27. It says, When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus was his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold, your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold, your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Four soldiers 
on the execution team. Four soldiers dividing his clothing, which was a common occurrence in an execution. First, they divided the garments into four parts, probably a head covering, a belt, an outer cloak and sandals. That left the tunic, a piece of undergarment that reached from the shoulders to the knees, or maybe even the ankles. They took that from him, and because it had been woven in one piece, there was no easy way to tear it and divide it. So they cast lots for it, like rolling the dice. Some scholars say that the one-piece tunic would have been valuable, too valuable to tear into pieces. And we can't help but realize that when they took this tunic, Jesus was left naked, vulnerable. And he watched from the cross as they took his this piece and cast lots for it, a moment where he is dying for them and they shame him. A moment where the savior of the world is reduced to a common criminal and displayed for all to see. Jesus is not a stranger to suffering, to shame, to being named something he is not. His friends abandoned him. His reputation gave way to mockery His last days was shaming torture, and his decency was given to shaming nakedness. Yet, Scripture tells us in Hebrews 12, too, that who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. What does that mean, he despised the shame? He didn't believe the shame. Instead, he chose hope. The shame put upon him didn't leave him hopeless. For those of us who might be fighting the shame of our past, our current brokenness, our suffering, he wants to give us hope. We aren't invisible to him. We aren't unwelcome to him. We aren't embarrassing to him. We are dear to him. He is moved by compassion for us. His love will never end for us. His care for us is relentless. He is fighting for us. He is always, always, always offering hope. I found that in the middle of this pandemic that some days hope is harder to find. I heard this past weekend from a leader that she'd personally heard from 10 strong women leaders who were fighting situational depression. In the midst of this, it's easy to start feeling the shame to start believing lies about ourselves, that we aren't doing this good enough, that we should be more grateful, that we should be thriving, that we should be better moms or grandmas or aunts or neighbors or or wives or friends, that we shouldn't be so full of fear. It's easy to also start to remember the names that claimed us once upon a time, that left us hopeless, and pick those names back up again. Let's recognize when that happens. Let's change out those lies with truth. Let's despise the shame put before us and instead declare that we are children of God, that we are made in His image, that He loves us, that He forgives us, that He redeems us. And let's be there for each other. Pick up the phone and text or call someone. I'm struggling. How are you doing? 
or I'm having some really dark thoughts about myself. Do you have a minute to talk? Let's not hide in secrecy, afraid to say we're struggling. Let's not allow shame to control us. As we end today, here are a few questions that we could ask ourselves. Is there a name that someone called you but you still have a hard time when you remember it. And sometimes you have a hard time not believing it. Is there something from your past that you've kept secret, afraid that people will think less of you if they knew? Has that secret led into shame? And finally, Where do you need hope right now? Do you need to find hope in the midst of the shame? Do you need to find hope in the middle of maybe what feels like a hopeless situation? Where is it that you need hope? My prayer for you is that the God of hope will supply you with what you need right this very moment. May he erase any shame, instead reminding you that you are loved. May he give you the strength to walk out of the shame and into hope and joy. Each podcast, we will end with a few questions to think about. You might want to get a journal to write your answers, or you might want to get together with a friend or a group of friends and share the answers with one another. That would be a great way to support each other and be a safety net during this pandemic. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook as Sojourn Women. Thanks for joining me as we talked about how God can change shame and hopelessness to joy and hope.